Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up, Cannabis Congregation? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. How are you guys doing, Miggy and Tom? Happy Sunday. Yeah, holding up. I mean, like uh, Thursday, we heard that we're going to be in under the dome for another month in May in Illinois. Yeah, that's a sucks, dude. I think uh, they're trying to say May here, too, but I think it all comes down to the contact tracing thing. Mm. No, now, like in, uh, in May, we actually have to wear masks. And they say now you're supposed to wear masks if you go indoors. Uh, anywhere, like stores and shit like that? Yep. Stores, like if you can't maintain social distancing, mm. you'd have to wear a mask. So I guess everybody's going to be uh, wearing a mask while they're getting their hair cut and stuff. That's Much wild. They're going to open up, to be honest. We're not even at that level yet here in, in, in Seattle where, I mean, masks are recommended. And I do wear one on the bus and shit because uh, people smell. Man. There's a lot of um, the, the regular people have stayed inside here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's quarantine time is an interesting time, huh? Uh, quarantine time is definitely an interesting time, but you know, there was at least good news. The yeah. CIA says that people who use marijuana or other drugs are not necessarily bad or unworthy. So that's nice of the CIA to actually come out. And You know, it's funny. Click on that. Look at the Twitter posts. And uh, I forgot to mention this yesterday, but look, ask Molly. I right. just think the irony of pro-drug fucking conversation is ask Molly. Why is that the irony of pro-drug conversation? Because Molly is also referred to as ecstasy. Well, but it says ask Molly Hale. So I, who's this Molly Hale person? So Molly Hale must actually be someone, a person who maybe is a spokesperson or who knows. Yeah, but it was like her name was Mary Jane. And he said, ask Mary Jane. That'd be pretty That'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. An ongoing ask Molly series. And, you know, on top of uh, other good news, you know how dangerous marijuana is because uh, Marijuana Biz Daily had an article about bring your daughter's work day. And oh, sons. yeah. And uh, the LCB, this, this girl right here, Zaz. Yeah, uh, I just think it's a beautiful picture, man. Like, uh, yeah, daughter, a woman and her girls, a, a yeah. mother and her girl, her daughter and and her mother's girls. I'm assuming the daughter doesn't work at the grow, right? Yeah. Well, I was just impressed that the the the, the infinite uh, brainstorms here, the the WSLCB, actually said, "Hey, because you have to, kids aren't in school right now. You're allowed to to bring your kid to the area. To work. Yeah, huh. like the dangerous plant is going to blow up and get over the kids. You know." We're past that part here. 
Well, that's good. You know, and it looks like New Jersey might actually vote to legalize it. They're, they're one of the ones that are on the, um, uh, the ballot initiative. So 61% of respondents said they would vote in, pay, in favor of the proposal, while 34% said they would vote in favor of uh, not legalizing it. So it's about 60%. And then, you know, if uh, we haven't read this one yet, but we're going to have to be doing some content as we get up toward this ballot because uh, New Jersey voter poll up oh, crap did not mean to hit twitter uh for the poll democrat independent republican so yeah 61 to 34 which is kind of commensurate i mean that's about where it's been now so the um the support for legalized cannabis when it goes to like the people is usually at about two-thirds yeah which is pretty great and so now if uh new jersey uh goes and then maybe arizona's got a two-thirds uh, chance of going as well here coming uh, on uh, November. I don't even know when election day is November, whatever, uh, early November. Right. But yeah. uh, I have to pull this ballot initiative that they're putting on in, in Jersey and do uh, content. So this summer, you know, like and subscribe, we're going to be doing stuff about Jersey and Arizona yeah. and South Dakota. But today we unfortunately were not able to talk to the International Church of Cannabis founder. He's having a, a my, he's in Miami and they're having a huge uh, storm. I was looking forward to talking to him too, just about the whole church prospect. Like, what do you think as far as like the legal, uh, you know, as far as like for someone who's not religious, mm-hmm. but yeah, I believe in cannabis, right? Like what's the difference of believing in a book from 2000 years ago or a book from 1950 written by L. Ron Hubbard versus believing in an actual plant? Well, I, actual I scientific- would, yeah, I'd say that the believing in the, the book from 1950 with L. Ron Hubbard is more stupid because people had evolved uh, a few thousand years more. And like, you know, they actually had encyclopedias by then. But I just think that's one of the reasons why I don't think there's been any new cults since like the internet came online. (laughs) uh, What's younger? Uh, Our understanding of how cannabis works or the internet? Dude. That, that, that well, no, the, how cannabis works. Duh. I mean, are you no younger? Uh, which, which one took us longer to discover the I think you know, the first website, the first worldwide website, or the discovery of and eh, I cannot ever pronounce the neurotransmitter that was discovered, uh, that shows how the endocannabinoid system works, and an amide and andamide. I but think you know, that's an anandamide. You're talking from a scientific perspective, but what about the the 1800 use? I mean, like semi scientific, but it was also we didn't understand it. That was the thing. Like, when did we as humans understand anandamide as a uh, as a neurotransmitter? No, that was in the 50s, right? No, 60s. no, no. Like the 60s was when uh, Michelum or Dr. Michelum uh, isolated THC, right. but they still didn't understand how THC worked or how it got you high until the early 90s. When they discovered the endocannabinoid system, and then in 1992, they they found this neurotransmitter and they named it anandamide because I think it has some type of meaning for cannabis in Sanskrit or something, right? Yeah, that's right. That was on the uh, um, the scientist, uh, that hippy dippy uh, scientist guy was like, I was in India, it represents the god or whatever. Uh That was great. But uh, it was really, really interesting that, I mean, uh, we didn't understand how this, this plant worked in our heads until the early 90s but we knew it was medicinal in the 1800s though we did know it was medicinal we didn't know what it did though until we we didn't we didn't know like what was even getting people high until the 60s and then we didn't know why it was getting people high until the 90s 
and people still don't know. I can't, I, I'm sitting there butchering, trying to pronounce anandamide, just like anti, antacid. No, that's not it. It's clearly not <laughs> it. You know. But, and then also the way we refer to being high, though. I mean, that's just an archaic term in itself, too, right? I mean, it's not like uh, you uh, smoke a joint and lose all facilities. No, no. It would be the uh, the stuff that that neurotransmitter actually uh, interacts with. So like pain, fear, uh, hunger, orientation, all sorts of fun things, which kind of explain uh, the highs, but then sometimes how you can get a little too paranoid. Yeah, totally. Uh, have you ever had too much? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I, uh, it, the, my tolerance is good, but it's not all that great. So I, I very often say, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Or, and I also often blend my, uh, joints with CBD. So I'm very frequent, almost a one-to-one, you know, been just always put in some CBD just to kind of yeah. cool it down you know, so you can enjoy your high a little bit more and not, uh, freak out. No, it's a good balance. Uh, I, I had it one time, uh, before it was in a traditional market, um, a friend who had everything in his fridge medicated plus the flower we smoked beforehand. So the combination of edibles and smoking, uh, when I got home, I had a brace for shock and hold on for like, you know, like, okay, no one died from this. No one's ever died from this for like an hour or two. Yeah, but then you're so freaked out. You're like, Oh my God, am I gonna be the first one? Am I gonna be the oh. one to die from this? Holy shit. I think I've got, Oh my God. So maybe if I just sit right here, that's when you start doing like a diary shit. And then if you do die, you're like, my family will make millions because this is the, this is the medical research right here. <laughs> nope, that was not it. That was not it. It was gas. Turned out it was gas. Hey, I tried, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are you, are you having a good weekend then at least? I mean, do you hold up? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm unfortunate enough to have a daily grind still. Think so. about that. Think about how crazy those poor people are going right now that don't have, because like it's, this is Thomas at work. Yeah. You know? I'm clearly not in my home office right now. And you're clearly not in your home office. You're in the lab with yeah. uh, the green screen we have that outlet think about people in no. new york no backyards no no fucking uh i haven't paid my rent in chicago in two months because uh, i have not been to chicago in two months uh, and like the last night i was there was march 4th or something like that damn dude and, um yeah well i mean i guess i haven't i paid my march for rent <laughs> one night for a thousand bucks uh, and so, then, you know, I haven't paid the April one, but, uh, it's literally like an excuse of performance of a contract, you know, force majeure, act of God, read your contract. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, it's, um, uh, frustration of purpose of contract. You know, I'm sorry, I have, I'm not allowed to travel. And I mean, again, it would be travel for work, but I would go to Chicago a lot for events, for panel discussions, for trade shows, yeah. for cannabis events. Cannabis events are now this. This is a cannabis event. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, our, our friend from the Fresh Toast, they're doing an online event uh, on Facebook with uh, another marijuana venture. It's a magazine. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, yeah, this is how it is right here. Everybody's going to be networking through Zoom or, uh, you know, we're, we were ahead of the times, dude. Oh, no, we were totally ahead of the times. I was watching a Grateful Dead show because uh, now, like, all the bands that can't go out and play. So Dead and Company's not going to tour this year. Fish might not tour this year. And so they have... Um, a dinner and a movie for fish or they have like shakedown street for the grateful dead. And then before the, the shakedown street for the grateful dead before, like they actually broadcast and they, they broadcast a 1993 show that was really great. Yeah. And so, but before they broadcast the show, they have um, uh, the guy who does it on Sirius XM radio, this day, this uh, day in grateful dead history. I think it's Dave Lemieux and uh, some of the other deadheads. And they were using Streamyard. They were using this exact same piece of software that we've been using 
since last August when they shut down Google Hangouts. But, you know, cannabis people have always been kind of ahead when it comes to tech. Uh, I was telling Lauren before that I remember like early 90s, Stephen Hager from High Times was, was stream live, uh, streaming live from Amsterdam. But that was when you had to like know the exact URL, you know, like you had to know what to type. You couldn't just like Google some shit and be like High Times live stream. You yeah. know, he was one of the first. So, you know, tech and cannabis have always been hand in hand, I think. Yeah, they absolutely have. They absolutely have. And then uh, that's that's also it. That's also it. And, you know, tech and cannabis, how intertwined have they been? What was the first thing ever sold online? Weed. Yeah. And so I'll just kind of zoom in a little bit more. And then can I do the control plus to so that we can kind of go through this then? And yeah, so it does say that it says, you know, the first online transaction by some students sold marijuana to some Stanford students to MIT students for, via the ARPANET account on their artificial intelligent lab in 1972. So, you know, well, and then marijuana since day one, the CIA thing, uh, along with, I think it was last year or the year before where the FBI was looking for hackers and they're like, look, we're going to overlook uh, testing for cannabis use. Right. <laughs> you know, and like all of Silicon Valley is on the West coast where it's been legal or just at least, uh, decriminalized or not prioritized for decades. You know, the running joke for uh, people in tech is uh, if they start testing, like, say, all of whatever Google, you're going to lose half your engineers. So (laughs) fine. Test them. Come on. Yeah. Go for it. But that's the thing, right? I mean, uh, you got people working on DOD contracts, doing all the good shit. But yet, you know, they're, they're, you know, like a condition of that DOD contract is you're going to comply with all the laws of the United States. Right. Oh, of course. Of course I am. That's the only way you get a contract, dude. Uh, when I used to work DOD for Raytheon, mm-hmm. uh, they do the initial piss test. And you then, used to work for Raytheon, I or, uh, or DOD for Raytheon. Well, think about it this way: Is I that why to, you like give back so much to the prisoners from like, cannabis? You just have a little bit of, of guilt in your heart from the days that you worked for uh, Raytheon. You know, that it's a defense contractor, right? Oh, I'm sure someone died because I did my job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, especially in the Navy, dude. I used to, uh, on a carrier, you would see jets take off loaded with missiles and then come back. Oh, this wow. is during uh, Operation Southern Watch. So they were containing the uh, Iraqi uh, flow of oil coming out and shit. Okay. But uh, they would leave uh, fully loaded, come back fully empty. And so you knew somebody didn't have a good you day. You knew somebody didn't make it. Yeah. And then also we were privy sometimes to like footage, uh, you know, that shit that you see, like the, the cam coming in. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, from a technological standpoint and engineering and all that, that's it's pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie, you know. But uh, but yeah, someone died. It was fucked up. I mean, yeah. uh, war is shit. Uh, you know, I've heard horror stories. I know horror stories, but uh, you know, that's why I, I enjoy what I do now. And, uh, Me too. I live the dream every day. Every day, I get to get up and help peddle a harmless weed <laughs> and like end stupid laws. And, um, and then you learn more about it. Like I, uh, really enjoyed growing my first auto flower plant and it's getting really close to being able to harvest. So, uh, when I yank that sucker out there and get ready to chop it, I'll probably make a video of that and throw it up here. It's got light burn and all sorts of bad things. And like, it's immediately <laughs> flopped over. So fortunately there's some trellis, but it's, it's got pretty, uh, darn large buds. I'm hoping to get a couple ounces out of it. But each time you always learn, right? Even I've been doing, you know, talking about this thing and and grew up with it as a child. But until you experience it firsthand and then you have to like right now, I'm telling my son to uh, get a notebook because he's doing a germination. I was like, you can annotate. I think we got a total of like six that have germinated so far. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, and, he, and he's so funny. He wants to name them all. I'm like, this one's Priscilla. This one's number two. I'm like, how do you go from names to numbers? But all right, dude. But, uh, that, that, again, but that, I don't know how to grow, but I at least know that, no, that's phenotyping. That's, you just can't name it like number two. It would be like the second seed, like in the, in the you know, because it's all about making sure that you're, you're writing down what you're doing. Yeah. So you're going to pop all these seeds to see which of the numbered seed you like, and then that'll become your pheno. Well, we're having a great conversation about this because he's asking about uh, some of the things he reads as far as like uh, when when he, they sell seeds online. Because these were all seeds that we found through our, our weed stash, right? So this mm-hmm. is all no name. We don't know what the hell is in here. All photo period, just straight, re- regular seeds. So it could be like 50-50 male, female. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about he's like, Did you know, which one's male, you know, it's female. I was like, you really don't know until after you start growing. And then, you know, you got to wait. And then you can stress it. You can mess up. My you first. Hermit out. Yeah, Herman out. Uh, when I first tried to do some growing, I had them about two inches, and then I I learned the hard way. You can water them too much. Of course, drown. Yeah, and then I gave those seeds to my friend who was a really uh, renowned grower, or uh, you know, he's a good grower, and that's that quality bud that I had for four twenty. Oh, nice. Yeah, a little home grow. I'm going to have some yeah. here soon. Um, and then uh, I'm going to buy another place and it'll have a basement because currently I, I have what I call student loan house, but the student loans are now gone. And so I'm going to get a better house that has a basement because I'm on a slab right now. And I'm like, I have one of my bedroom, like a, just a little tent in one of my bedrooms. Uh, so when I actually have a basement, then I'll be able to frame out an entire room and then have a, another set down there so we could have... You know, I could be reporting from weed because if I'm just going to grow like one or two auto flowers, it might make because the uh, the full spectrum lights yeah. kind of create a uh, like a pink hue. And so it might make for some pretty interesting uh, visual backgrounds. Well, they have lens filters for all that shit. But, yep. um, uh, you know, the great thing about a basement, too, is uh, temperature control is a lot easier, you know, below ground. Uh, if you're just trying to keep it right. I mean, like 70 to 80 yeah. sort of sweet spot in it, you know. And then the circulation is going to be one. I went to a great basement yeah. years ago where this guy actually did a, a, a reverse compression, a reverse where, uh, you know, the doors were kind of being sucked in because mm-hmm. what he was doing, he was blowing all the crap out of the house, period. He was trying to you know get everything away. So, I mean, there's different methodologies to how you can set up your downstairs. Did you are you going to do a, like a little I mean, I know you're not going to do a whole bunch, but are you going to do first like a, a germination room and then a. I might, I mean, like, or just have them all. I don't know, because then if you're going to do photo period, uh, fly, you know, plants as opposed to just autoflowers, uh, you would need to make sure that you have a dark room for, uh, you know, preventing light, uh, you know, pollution. I think is what they call it. So when you, they have seepage, because you want it completely black for those twelve, twelve, uh, and then when it's just an autoflower, it's usually like eighteen or sixteen eight, and you just let it go for a while. They have some cool. Um, I had a friend in an apartment building. He had like a Ziploc little tent thing that he walked in, mm-hmm. and that was pretty innovative. It had uh, uh, little filters in there. I mean, you walk into a two bedroom apartment, and the whole one bedroom is just all plant space. It's yeah. pretty neat. He did pretty well uh, controlling the smell and everything. Well, uh, yeah, those carbon filters really do work. They do. But yeah. then, um, you know, I'm going to have to have an electrician. And partner with me and then help me build all that stuff out and at the end of the day like you really are only allowed to have those five plants i mean that's it but those five plants if you're really good at growing and you know what you're doing you could be yielding ounces easily a month yeah 
Well, and that's the thing. This guy had uh, uh, three different little rooms. He had like little sections, you know, not auto fouling, but mm-hmm. uh, going through the process. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, his was on a three month cycle. You know, a lot of older people, you know, that was the whole recommendation back with 215 because you can get three month cycle for, you know, uh, have your medicine. Then the next three months, you'll get it again, mm-hmm. like rotation of that. But Growing's hard, no matter what. So again, you're asking sick people to do a fucking hard job. Yeah, the hot, the easiest growing gets is what I'm doing right now with the autoflower. But, um, dude, oh, okay, well, and uh, Andy disagrees with me. He thinks we can get pounds. And then he also said, uh, purple. Let's see, uh, purple lights okay, but in my experience, white ones rock. Uh, the ones that I am using right now, they're. They came with the kit, and so they're made in China, and they they do kind of look purple. They have reds and blues on them, so they simulate the full spectrum. Or it seems to be working. It seems to be working. It's got some light burn on it, and it's a lot of buds. Mm. Yep. I, uh, we have a sky high gardens here. I went to their garden, and uh, they're all LEDs for, and they're below basement too, like in the below ground. It's a pretty mm-hmm. neat little setup they got downtown at, at Seattle, actually, and. uh uh, yeah, the, the the LED lights definitely put produce quality, but you know, and that used to be a, a debate. Remember, you know, well, there's versus- a new debate. the The new debate is the light depth versus the indoor debate. So, like, should I be building greenhouses or should I be building indoor farms? Mm. Yeah, I, I I would stick with greenhouses. I mean, you can't, you know, if you stay traditional, it's always, you know, that's stick to the roots. Well, see, man, um, because it's has, it comes down to yield and price per gram and all that. And if it's just uh, you can get a quality product from a greenhouse at a substantially cheaper uh, price per gram, and then you can sell it for the same price, it's more profitable. Well, you know, not just the cheaper like that's when Washington Medicine was cheap. You know, I can get quality bud at cheap prices. You know, oh, that, sure. that was part of it. Well, you know, if we if we allowed outdoor grow, yeah, the price of this stuff would just go down to what it is in Oregon and then. I mean, it really isn't legal until the possession limits are gone. And also it's as cheap and available and plentiful and accepted as alcohol. It's yeah. like, you know, you can have dollar beer night at the VFW. Why sure, don't, how come you can't have dollar joint night? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a VFW. So like it's federal law breaking it. And yeah. Fuck dollar beer night. There's a place in, in uh, uh, Florida that I used to go to Pensacola that would have a nickel beer night. And then, like, what year was this? After, uh, like, every hour, I think it started at like eight o'clock. So, like, nickel beer night, then a dime beer night. Eventually, it would make its way to a dollar. But yeah, you're wasted by the time you get to like 50 cents. Uh, oh, man. No, I remember uh, my local baseball team used to have dollar beer night, uh, at, like on a Thursday, but they were smaller beers. They were maybe like 10 ounces. So, that was how they would make sure that you weren't overserved for $10. You know, they would. Instead of drinking 10 beers, you actually had seven, you know, because they would chinch you a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty sure that nickel beer wasn't very quality. I just. Oh, no, you know, it was Natty Light. Oh, fuck. It was shit. But had Natty Light. It's terrible. But uh, it's like fucking any of that. Uh, my grandfather used to call that shit donkey piss. You know, Miller Light. Uh, I'm not sure. My uh, I've never drank donkey piss, so I wouldn't uh, know how that compares. But <laughs> it doesn't sound good. It doesn't. <laughs> I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't trust it as far as I could throw it with my bad back. I shouldn't be throwing anybody. That is a line from Ferris Bueller's day off. And I'm going to, one plant can do one pound under the right Watts. That would be, that's something to learn. Uh, It may take me years to learn that, but I did just share the link regarding the history of e-commerce and how it all began buying marijuana between MIT 
and uh, Stanford. Nerds using the internet to buy drugs. Well, and you know the internet when uh, it was like a, I think an acid vision, right? Didn't like Steve Jobs or some shit. They're all like, you know. Oh, the internet at its core, I thought, had to do back with World War II to try to avoid, uh, you know, nuclear war rendering our communications from <sighs> completely taken out. So you would use the internet to have all these nodal-based systems so that if they knocked out, you know, Texas, at least they didn't knock out the entire country. Or if they knocked out New York, the whole eastern seaboard didn't go down. No, you're right. It was a military operation first. Yeah, because that was DARPAnet or, or ARPANET, you know, the, the educational version of it. It's mm. fine. I don't want a thing. Because what is that? ARP? Yeah. A-R-P-A-NET. Neat. <laughs> and it's just, you know, I think it's hilarious, though, that the uh, MIT has had an artificial intelligence lab since 1972. That must have been terrible programming back then, like in COBOL with punch cards. But maybe by the <sighs> 70s, they didn't have that. I was going to ask you if you knew about machine coding, dude. That's some wild shit. Uh-uh. The, the punch cards. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I don't. So, man, um, this kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> it's the worst 420 that we ever had. And it, well, the whole thing kind of sucks, you know, but... Um, this whole thing's shit, dude, but, you know, we're going to get through it. You know, and, and unfortunately, you know, like Hugh and I, the fact that... Uh, you know, like this morning or when Lauren comes on and like, Hey, it's Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yes. I know it's Sunday now. Like, yeah. you know, and we'll oh, be here okay. yeah. Wednesday, you know, these are how we're going to define the days of the week. Well, you have to do it some way, you know, it's just, it's just how they do it. Yeah. Uh, any uh, specials or anything going on in you guys' areas? Like, like the wheat shortage or anything? Did you see that there was a woman, a Canadian nurse, that was trying to transport 180 pounds or 150 pounds across the border to uh, Michigan, Detroit? As a no. nurse, no, yeah. I didn't. No, I that just, doesn't make any sense because it's legal in Michigan and it's legal in Canada. Eh, yeah. Must just been the black market then. But then, why well, would a nurse jeopardize her job for like hundred pounds? All right, six thousand. How much do you think they move that weight for? God, dude, uh, I think pounds are only like two thousand, like at a nice high grand. price. Two hundred Two hundred grand's greed. Two hundred grand's greed, right there. That's some money. You know, yeah. you can pay a lot of bills at two hundred thousand dollars. And probably, but like, are they going to sell it like as one big bulk? I mean, that's, it's still, I guess, like 150 grand, you know, if you're going to sell it. Like yeah. That. Well, you know, it's true, but then, you know, it's, it becomes more risky as you more retail it. You know, if you just make that one transaction for all that weight, there you go. If you make like a whole bunch of eighth transactions, that probably is why the people that get arrested are usually the, well, who does usually get arrested? We should have somebody on who studies the uh, data regarding arrests. There's got to be somebody out there that does it. Well, that's the issue, right? Uh, we don't know all the just the cannabis arrests because they're all in one blanket, you know, drugs or, you know, it, it's it's ridiculous. They made a class C. Yeah. I don't know. The C programming language was already out by 1978. So oh. there you go. Eh, Fortran from the 70s. Nope. I'm just uh, need to clock back a few more decades. Yeah, I'm all about the modern day just apps. I like little click and interface and shit. But mm-hmm. The, the algorithm stuff, the list was made in 1958. Wow. Yeah. I don't even remember what Lisp stands for, but I know it's like one of the oldest uh, programming languages out there. That's fucking dope. Did you know a lot of uh, uh, a lot of your uh, test equipment has uh, like little 420 quirks in it, like uh, no. in games? Yeah. You know, engineers have been smoking weed for a long, long time. <laughs> That's cool. 
That's cool. Well, then how come there's no TCP IP code like a 420? You know, wouldn't that be better as opposed to 404? Like if the page was just not missing, it was a 420 error. Why didn't they call it that? You know, that'd be great. You should like, sorry, man, couldn't find it. Uh, sorry, you must have spaced on this. The, what you're looking for is not here, man. <laughs> Dave's not here. That's all right. you need. That's right. That's right. You know, because, all right. I'm not sure when uh, or like why 200 means okay, but. We're not talking about weed. Now we're talking about um, TCP IP codes. That's nah, it's all the same, man. We're all like that rabbit hole going down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, the, the uh, we have plenty of time now because I thought we were going to be overwhelmed with so many uh, things moving in Illinois and then other states popping off as well. So we just would have been hit with the tsunami of legal opportunities in various states and just been overwhelmed. Uh, but now that, you know, this fall, we really just have to focus on Arizona, New Jersey, uh, South Dakota and Mississippi. And then, um, you know, next year, it's going to be a lot of Illinois, the second round. But I think the second round is going to be smaller now because a lot of the fu- the capital is probably seizing up and drying up. So then the people that are, you know, they don't have those allocations. Maybe then the, the greenhouses have a bigger opportunity if I can put together a similar grow at a, at a fraction of what I could put together for like a, a high quality indoor grow by using a greenhouse and get cheaper, uh, cheaper weight. I mean, I'm going to explore it. I'm going to learn about it. Do you think the funding's going to the, the seize up or you think it's going to increase? Because I mean, cannabis is like one of the recession ones for you want to protect your money. I, I realize that, but that's not how um, capital markets kind of work, you know, yeah. like, so they, they, they tend to freeze and then one freeze causes the next thing, causes the next thing. And so because of that, it sets off like, you know, a whole domino uh, of, of defaults. And like right now, there's so many defaults that are going to happen because so many people can't pay their bills yeah. that uh, like the, the job that I used to do is now going to go and, and be really, really popular. Um, and it, and it's kind of stinks, but then because, you know, the repricing of all the collateral that's out there or the, you know, you have to collect because these, these loans are now all in default and you'll have to file suits or, you know, the government is injecting free money right now or, or loans that you don't have to pay back right now. But once that runs out, you know, those contracts are still out there and those banks get, you know, that there's all these payments that are, that are supposed to come due to keep everything propped up and those all stopped. So now like the value of the underlying collateral is going to start going down because if nobody's making their payments uh, and then the banks can't lend money, uh, it's, it could, it could really freeze up the markets. And then you have to look at the uh, c- commercial real estate market. You know, I really don't need this office. Mm. Do you think things will like, because of this, uh, you know, people refer to it as like the great reset, right? Where, um, because all these businesses are, are downsizing or laying off people or, uh, figuring out how to work from home. Do you think somehow, uh, like things will get reevaluated as far as like, like the housing market, since so many people can't afford homes or new homes, do you think that'll readjust to people like eventually to, you know, the value of how many people have jobs, you know what I mean? Like a house going up here for 400,000. Do you think after so many people are, are not jobless or whatever, it'll get readjusted like 300,000 to where more people can live there. 
I don't know about that, man, but I would say that what's going to happen is that people's homes are going to be their offices a lot more. And especially like if they're in the service industry or not the service industry, the service sector, especially the tech service, their legal service or the consulting service, the the informational services where like my job, I, I don't ever have to really meet my clients per se. I mean, I communicate with them on video conferences and I have been for a while. And then also we use... Um, we use Google Docs very often for creating like version control. So everybody's working from the same document and everybody can share it. And there's some emails or some Slack, but, uh, you know, you're putting that and it's a very complex document. You know, you're putting this thousand page application together uh, fairly seamlessly because of technology. And I don't necessarily need a um, a boardroom or anything. I'm not I'm trying really hard not to have to do any damn depositions. And so, you know, I don't necessarily need anything except for a home office or yeah. a, a virtual office where I can rent a conference room. So, I mean, uh, maybe with the housing issue, what will happen is a lot of those, uh, you know, high rises or a lot of that commercial real estate might get repurposed into warehouses and uh, loft apartments, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, how the markets will readjust. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We, we are in, in the most interesting times ever. Um, you know, and speaking back to the, to the home stuff, because I wanted to ask our guests about like religion and maybe you can, you know, give me your legal perspective. Because like, say I believe in cannabis. This is my faith. You know, mm-hmm. can I can I have a, a meeting at my house and then now I can start collecting, uh, you know, tidings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's that easy. Very often you do have to file paperwork to have a nonprofit status. I don't know what the regulation for zoning is. Like if you have to own a church, right. Or cause you could, you can buy churches that just are not operational right now and live yeah. in it. And a lot of churches, they have what they call the rectory, you know, place where the priest lives, uh, out back. So I'm saying faith is in our, what's in our heads and you know, whatever it has nothing to do with the building structure. So just so long as you have a sincere belief in it, I think is the the test for religion in this country that preferences it so much that it's in the first amendment. Yeah. Cause all those people believe that the aliens came down from, uh... well, the first amendment's fascinating because it allows us to believe in anything the fuck we want, you know, through our, our, our religion, but then it also allows us to have uh, freedom of press. And so like the government can't tell us what to do. And then so we can really evaluate ideas for their merit and their truth. And so like, you can have this marketplace of ideas and then the like the science or, or the good ideas should win out. Uh, but then, of course, you can also believe in uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard's story. And, and that's it, probably not real, li- at least not literally. But maybe if this is all a simulation and he could also be existing somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I just like their e-meter bullshit. I mean, like they're, 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 they check their energy. I mean, the thing is just a, a piece of wire that your body conducts electricity. So I think that's what you're looking at when you touch this fucking thing. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm okay not being a Scientologist. I'm okay not being a Mormon. I'm okay uh, having to have grown up Catholic. And so I'm like, oh, yes, there it is. There's that religion over there. It's not that I'm not a you know a lack of a spiritual person. It's just that humans have this wonderful ability to be able to make up bullshit and believe it. Yeah. For like causes, even though like it might be completely random, they will make up a story for it. What's that mean? With like the church of cannabis. So you could just be like, look, this is what I believe in. The doctrinations are at the end of cannabis system. Uh, Pierre Tosh is the uh, first saint. And, uh, you know, we have our sacrament. I mean, you can make up rules that. Oh, sure. I mean, like there's so many uh, storied people in the cannabis um history that you could make up 
saints and all that. So, and that was the whole point of uh, the guest that we have on uh, next Sunday. Tune in, and we'll actually be interviewing the uh, uh, the owner is the or the the pastor of the uh, International Co- Church of Cannabis co-founder. He, him and, and co-founder. Yeah, and uh, he's based out of Florida, but the church is in Colorado. Yeah, I don't think you can celebrate uh, yet in Florida as you could in Colorado as freely because of the adult use. And we could also then ask him about his political career and then the adult use status in in Florida, because that one, you know, but that one got kicked at before the coronavirus. And so that one's out until 2022. But yeah, man, I got I got so much busyness in front of me because as you just handle one state and see how that state does it. And so that's one of the things that I'm working on. And I was actually at this. These guys are they're they're the real OGs when it comes to uh, cannabis oh, yeah. law. Harris Bricken, uh, the Canna Law Blog, and so they have something. You know, I'm, I'm researching how to sue uh, a state to settle for a cannabis license. I think it's going to be important here in Illinois pretty soon. And uh, it's interesting seeing how other states do it, simply because every state's got their own little way that they like to do it, and. Illinois, Missouri, uh, Maryland, they do these um, competitive applications. So some wizard scores an application to say uh, what or how good an application is for a cannabis license. And then that person comes in like first through 40th. And so if you come in first through 40th, you're eligible for a cannabis license. And this this creates a problem because then you can sue for scoring errors. However, some states, and I was just reading Arizona's ballot initiative that they have proposed, it looks like they have like a threshold requirement that the state, you know, puts and says, do at least this to be eligible for uh, a cannabis business license. And then you're put into a lottery. So which one has more litigation risk for the state? The ultra competitive um, uh, type in which you have to compete against the person next to you and have uh, one of these big four accounting firms score your application and then you're ranked or uh, you have the state say, hey, do at least this, get a team that can do at least this. Okay, you, you're eligible, you're in the lottery, you're eligible, you're in the lottery. And then they just, everybody gets a number and if you are eligible, you either win or you don't. So you got to, right now, of all the stuff pending, really it all comes down to like when everybody comes back into legislation, right? Uh, right now, there's some people that are wondering, and I'm getting asked, like, "Hey, is the uh, are we going to get winners here really soon? Because they're supposed to be announcing them in May." And I'm like, "I don't know if we're going to get winners really soon." You see, they they got graded late, and not only did they get graded late, um, while they were being graded, everything got shut down. Yeah, and so they can use that as an excuse to delay the announcement until mm-hmm. who knows. And so. You know, tune in to Cannabis Legalization News and we'll report as to when people start winning. And then I'll have a, a complaint to sue the state of Illinois prepared um, for whomever may need it, you know. So there's no act to talk, though, about like what's going to happen next as far as legislation goes, though. Uh, they are talking about home delivery. There's a bill in there for home delivery. Uh, there's other bills that I think have been, uh, introduced to try to like even tighten up social equity further. I haven't, uh, reviewed that one yet, but of course this is going to be one of the fastest evolving, um, uh, statutes that Illinois has on its books simply because that's the nature of the cannabis beast. It moves really, really quick and it evolves fast. So I'm interested in seeing what changes in it, to be honest. Well, especially now in these times, man, I'm, you know, every day is a new rule. 
what the hell was with Trump saying that you should inject, you know, Lysol or something into you to kill the coronavirus? Is he just that fucking dumb? Well, you know, Dr. Trump, I, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate though, because word you know, salad that comes out of his mouth on a daily basis, we have to put up. Well, and then of course, you know, everybody's gonna say, "Well, he didn't say inject it." He said, "I think it's a good possibility," or "It's looking promising," which is all still bullshit. I mean, yeah. how about just not suggest it? How about right. we just talk about how fucked up things are and talk about how you're just trying to get the shit together, and then make it a ten minute brief? I think one of those briefs were like three to four hours. Like that's right, that's right. It's a little excessive now. Well, it's not like we watch baseball. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, you know, when we get to these lulls of the show where we're like, you know, mm-hmm. the topics are dying off, we should like turn it to like an ASMR segment, right? Like, Lauren, can you just like make some things pop up? We'll breathe heavy for a little bit and just start. <laughs> I don't know about that. We need uh, that's that's when we need like questions from the audience or to give away some bovetas. There you go. Bovetas. Let's give away some bovetas. Let's give away some bovetas. So uh, if anybody wants this. Why don't you go ahead and email us over at Tom or Lauren at collateralbase.com. We'll mail some out for you. I'll also include a dube tube that has some cannabis legalization news and cannabis industry lawyer branding on it. Oh, just got a couple of emails. Nope. Nope. No emails for the dube tubes just yet. <laughs> just regular day. Just a regular day. Yep. So what do you got going on? Anything you're looking forward to this week or? No, you know, uh, my lifestyle just changed the fact where, because I would, on my way home, I would sneak and stop at a bar, grab a snack and a beer, and make my way home. So the only difference now is I just go straight home and go straight to the beer at home and play video games there. Yeah, uh, my expenses are definitely different than they were uh, two months ago. My expense reports and receipts look a lot different. Uh, I buy, I like, my house is so stocked with groceries because all I can do is go to the grocery store. <laughs> so like you want to get out of the house so you're like i guess i'll go back to the grocery store and and then you just buy more crap that you don't really need and so like i could just sit at home and eat for like a week and and like yesterday it just rained inside illinois so i did not get, leave the house at all so you're one of those people that like take a vacation like i'm going to the kitchen oh. uh pretty much have to like uh, <laughs> somebody's asking hey, what's the email address yeah. again? let's put that email address up there you go yeah, man, it, it's uh, it's kind of surreal. And the weird thing was, like, I wanted to, because like, I knew like the the cannabis applications and the deadlines were there, and it was like six grueling months of work, as the coronavirus was just waiting, and um, and then and so I'm done, and then it's like, okay, let's go to the West Coast and like hang out, and, like meet some growers, try to have like some cool shows you know, record stuff and then uh, post it. Cause you know, you made the money, you can take some time off. Uh, you meet some more people that are on the, on the West coast for in the industries to learn some stuff. And, uh, nah. Well, dude, traveling has always been my dream as far as when it comes to my activism and this, what I've been doing. Like when I was with the Brickweed blog, writing for them and helping mm-hmm. that start off, my intention was, okay, if I could just get enough reputation and get enough clout, I guess to be, then I could travel America and tell people's story because people are, first off, cannabis people are very like uh, you know skeptical of people. Yeah, that's, and, that's and for right. good reason. Yeah. So even ten years ago, like all the videos and stuff, the grower videos from ten years ago, my book, everybody's book except for Jack Harris or Harris uh, was pretty much written under a fake name. Um, yeah. 
Uh, or, or they like if because the, if they're doing growing, that's literally uh, really exposing them to danger. Or if they were doing not just growing, but like you know, grow videos. I mean, like Rick Simpson, he just buried himself in Canada. Is that why he's never caught? You know? Yeah. Well, no, I think he's out of Canada. He's 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 hiding somewhere else. He's from Canada, I believe. Hmm. Um, I think he's hiding in South America. Uh, wow. Who who we talked? Oh no, India. He's hiding in India. Seriously, uh, Vicky knows him. Yeah, Vicky. Yeah, our guest. Uh, oh, wow. I had no idea. Rick yeah. Simpson's hiding in India. But, you know, at the at the time, though, uh, um, it, yeah, but same thing with like Jorge Cervantes. For the longest time, I thought that guy was Hispanic. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he was just, he was all made up. Yeah. And now he's got, you know, his, his hair's always been very long and now he's, uh, you know, more silver hair. But, uh, and I, I actually have his grow Bible like in my Amazon cart because I'm like, all right, well, that was cool. I'm not going to grow another plant in this house because it's too small and it's just silly. I want to you know, move and sell the house. Uh, so next time I actually get a, a grow, I want to like set it up, learn how these lights work, learn, learn the voltage, learn the uh, HVAC systems, learn the, the fertigation systems, because if I'm going to be not just a lawyer, but a cannabis consultant in this and, and understand the industry better and better and better, then I'll just be able to do my own job better. So it's, um, it's great. So I get a, a whole new hobby which translates into being more effective on the job exactly man it's messed up it's messed <laughs> up back in the day people be like you're gonna get in trouble Mm-mm, kick your door in murder you uh, 10 years ago that's why you know jorge cervantes would dress up like that yeah yeah i remember all the high times uh video instruction things he would come out with back in the day and uh you know vhs tapes and whatnot oh man vhs tapes I believe it was by Jose Fontes. Oh, how to grow marijuana. Oh, right on. I know I had one, Andy, uh, from uh, uh, Bill Drake was another one that I, uh, a grower that I had a book from. Because, you know, back in the day, those grow books weren't available in, like, bookstores. They were, like, in the back of the head shop, in, like, mm-hmm. the very back corner with, like, the dirty mag sometimes. When will it be recreational decriminalized? What state are you in there, Lucas? Yeah, that's what it depends in. It depends. Like each state has a different culture when it comes to cannabis and like, you know, how conservative. Wow. Oh, nationwide. Uh, nationwide, it's probably at least going to be another five, 10 years. Yeah. Like, probably five to 10. But, you know, you have to get to that that threshold level, like where we did kind of with um, gay marriage, where more states than not had made it legal. And right now, more states than not have not made it legal. Uh, and then this, the federal government does not recognize medical at all. And so depending on uh, where you are in, uh, in, in a state, like how much access you can get to medical, uh, it's really not going to matter as much as, you know, if it's just fully adult use legal. Uh, and that's, I think, Illinois is the 11th. Uh, and so 15 more states will have to be legalized before then you're getting to the, <clears throat> that threshold where you might be able to see some action. But in Arizona, that might be the next one to legalize Arizona, uh, New Jersey and uh, South Dakota. What do you think is the legality of our, say, the three states in the West Coast here saying, you know what, let's just team up and, and do uh, intercommerce because we're all legal. They could like if they well. In theory, if they amended their laws, I mean, like a lot of the states, like in Illinois, for example, and other states, they want to create like a, a quasi monopoly inside the state because yeah. they want to track it. They want it to provide jobs for their people. They want it to provide revenue for their um, their their state. And so if they don't have any outside weed coming in, then, uh, you know, somebody local grew it. And then all the money stayed in the in the state. But I, I say we wrap this up because I am out of drinks and my throat. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all good, brother. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I blame the vape pen. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I've been smoking a lot, and it's like my throat is a little sensitive. Is it Corona, or am I just smoking too much? Right. Uh, it's uh, probably probably Corona. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, well, thanks we're... for tuning in, guys. Uh, yeah. Make sure you tune in for our Wednesday episode. We're talking to somebody from Event High, uh, talking about virtual cannabis events. So that's going to be fun. We're doing it now. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe. We'll see you on Wednesday. See you Wednesday, everybody.